0: Rejection most times is the redirection we need to unlock our truest potential. Life puts us in some uncomfortable and unexpected situations despite our efforts and plans. So how do we look at failures as opportunities? How do we deal with life's uncertainties, identify some losses as wins, all while not labeling ourselves as total losers or failures? You'll find out right here on Redirection with Terry Carell. Welcome to another episode of Redirection with Terry Carell. How are you guys doing? I don't know about you, but I kind of woke up with the spirit of gratitude, the attitude of gratitude. Do you realize we're coming down to December, with the end of 2020? And when I think of the amount of persons who did not make it this far, I kind of just have to give God thanks that I still have life and I still have breath. Something else that I am grateful for, my amazing community. Thank you so very much, guys. I see the feedback, the reposts, the reshares. Thank you so very much for the ratings and the reviews. I see the hashtag redirection with TK. And you know what? Thank you for visiting my website, terrycarell.com. Saw some stories coming in. I have to get through them. I promise I will respond to them because you never know, you two might end up on the show speaking about how rejection somehow redirected you onto a different path. So let me not, you know, dwell too much. I want to introduce my guest today and i have been hunting this person down forever but when i announce who it is you will probably understand why she probably is now duly labeled the busiest person in Jamaica. Little did Antoinette Aiken, affectionately known as Tony, know that being a child of deaf adults or a coder would ignite a passion to represent the deaf community in Jamaica and for inclusivity in everyday life. Nor did she know that her work with the deaf community would lead to her receiving a national award. Here's the catch though. This is not what she wanted to do. She wanted to be a pilot. Trust me, you're gonna wanna stick and stay. It is now time for Redirection with Terry Carell.
1: Hi Tony! Hi Terry. how are you? I'm well, welcome
0: to the show. Welcome to the Redirection with Terry Carell podcast. I'm so happy to be
1: here with you today.
0: (laughs) Tony, I feel like I've been stalking you for like months now, but I understand. It's true. I feel like I've been stalking you, but I feel like nothing happens before it's time. The first question I'm going to ask you is going to be a little bit different from what everybody usually gets asked. Do you remember the first time we met? Oh boy! Oh boy! I am don't flap yourself. Let me.
1: But now I <laughs> flap myself. Hold on. Let me tell you. I believe, mm-hmm. and I, I hope I'm not wrong, mm-hmm. but when we had Miss Deaf Jamaica and you were a judge, yes, I believe that's the first time we met. I believe um when. Um, they, I think you looked over. I remember because, um, somebody was, uh, I think my dad and Zandria Peterson were signing a whole new world and I sang. And you looked over and I was like, Oh, people probably didn't know that I could sing a little.
0: Listen, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. It was, it was Miss Jamaica, it's Miss Deaf Jamaica. It was the first and only pageant of its kind. I was the general manager mm-hmm. of Spartan Health Club at the time, and so we came on as a sponsor but i came on as a host as well because i thought it was right. amazing to create this community where you know deaf girls felt beautiful about themselves and i remember right. you were there and everybody is signing everybody is doing sign language and then all of a sudden you sang and i was like wait what one so? and then i realized that you actually can hear but you are simply a- an interpreter So now I'm going to ask years, and that was years ago. I think Cassandra White was the winner. Yes. At
1: the time. Cassandra is no longer here. My friend, yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Nice. So the the next question that I always ask everybody is, um, Tony, when we see you, you have now become the face, and I'm not going to say the voice, I'm going to say the hands, of the deaf community, whenever we have some of the most important news that needs to go out, information, the exchange of information, you have stepped up and you have stepped into the role of being uh, the sign language, the official, the national sign language interpreter Mm -hmm. of Jamaica. Is this what you planned or foresaw in your life?
1: Not at all, at all, at all. No, actually, I wanted to be a pilot. (laughs) So this is not, this is not where I envisioned myself. This is not something that I dreamed of. Um, As a matter of fact, I recall being a child and hated signing because it was an everyday thing in my life. And every time my aunts or my uncles or friends come over who can't sign, tell your daddy, tell your mommy tell, 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 tell. And they used to be so amazed. I remember being a kid and they were like, oh my God, is this is, this is she can't sign to her. Hey, no people can't do that. To is this is she get, And I'm a lot of tired of them. Why them never learn how to sign so that I never have oh, to sign? Right. And look at how life has turned
0: around. So, okay. So I know some of, like some of my listeners who are locals, they're going to be like, yeah, man, that's Tony. She's always on the TV. And and guys, I know, because this is how I feel about Tony. When she does her sign language. Sandwich, you don't even pay attention to the people who are speaking. I know this for a fact. But for persons who are, okay. are out of Jamaica, um, Tony comes from a family, from, from parents who are both deaf, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let me yes. take it back. What was that like in terms of growing up in a family and at what point in time did you realize, hold on, I am different from them? You know, like something is not right here or i don't know like when did it it connect that you were very
1: different um in comparison to your parents so um probably um if i well i'll use daddy's story so daddy say daddy said that um he knew that i knew that my parents were deaf by nine months because nine months old yes i was crying in the crib they had placed me in the crib i was crying 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 and my parents locked the door so my aunts and my grandmother, they were banging on the door, banging on the door. Couldn't get through the door. And daddy said, they just felt something hit them. And when they look, I was standing up at the crib looking at them like, Hello, I'm here. Do you not hear and me? What's going on? <laughs> What's going on, right? And so that's daddy's story. Now for me, I would say, I, I realized very early um, when I think about my friends and their parents mm. and the things that their parents could do and the things that their parents would have access to, and the things that my parents don't have access to, mm. and so I would say I'd recognize I, I recognize that there's a difference between a hearing and a deaf person probably by the age of about eight, seven, eight. Oh. Um, in terms of even bills, I mean, normal kids don't know bills. They don't know what the parents pay for rent. They don't know what the parents pay for life. I knew that. Yeah, we're freeloaders. We just grew up (laughs) as (laughs) freeloaders. Right. Nobody understands that. Okay, yeah, they're your parents, but it costs this when they go to Price Mart. It costs this when they go. And yeah, I was a kid when Price Mart came on. I think I was about 12. So it costs like this to go to, to pay for the phone bill. My father had a credit card. Sometimes I had to call the bank and they would say, but this is a child on the phone. I'd have to say, yeah, my daddy's deaf. And I'd have to go through that hole and they said, say, oh no, we can't do anything. He'd have to come in. Mm-hmm. And then when we go in, I'd have to be there with him and i am like, Lord, this don't make no sense. As a child, you feel burdened because you're not supposed to, I don't know, you're not supposed to be experiencing those things. right? And so, little things like that. I mean, somebody comes up to the gate and they're calling, hey, hey, hey. I'm always the one that have to answer. My fa- And funny fact, a fact that I really don't like, but I laugh about it now. When I was a child, there's no way I could say, come in, daddy. Come in, mommy. I had to run right away. Run right away <gasps> every single time, or it would be considered disrespect. Right. So, there, there, there are nuances that you realize there's a difference. I mean, my friends will tell you, my high school friends, because we used to talk about it a lot. And my friends will tell you that, listen, the, the jokes, I they would find them funny, and I would laugh because you know their experience is different from mine. So of I'd be like, oh, I'm the odd one out. But it was my reality, and I, I'm I'm not ashamed of it, and I know that one day there will be a book about it. And I am proud of who my parents are. And I wouldn't change them, not for anybody in, in the world. world. So Nothing. So
0: let me take it back, because you were like at eight, you realized, whoa, what's going on? And by the way, even while you were speaking, we take it for granted. Hearing, you know, we take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Because we, I don't think until you kind of said you explained with even the bank and because there's verification processes and there are bills and you have to be this go-between. I'm thinking to myself, I never thought about it. I just thought, mm-hmm. you come out of your mother's womb, you just know how to speak sign language and then everybody is just cool. But I did not, until you started to put it into perspective, realize how very little access and understanding um, is met when it comes oh, see to see. the community that requires Mm -hmm. special needs. So you said at the age of eight is when you realize, wait, I won't go on yourself, but I doing things where other little girl, you know, other people, other children aren't doing. Not doing. So in between being a baby and eight, you did not sign. Well, I should say, I heard you learn to sign when you were about 11. So I'm trying to figure out the dynamics now in the house where you are fully hearing they're fully deaf and you have not
1: been officially, formally taught how to to sign. How How how, how was that like? Okay, so let me explain. Sign language has, there are two segments basically. I break it down into two. People will tell you that they're all different segments, but I break it into two. You have the receptive segment, which is, I'm looking at you and you're signing and I understand everything that's happening. And then you have the expressive part, which is me signing. So as a child, even though I wasn't signing, believe me, I understood Understood. what was happening. But the expression part wasn't, it wasn't JSL. So that's why when I say I was signing at 11, I was learning Jamaican sign language. Before I was signing things like the boy is, that's not sign language, that's English. But because, right. So there is, it's a whole dynamic. So even though I was signing, I wasn't signing Jamaican sign language. Got you. So my parents understood me. My parents know me. They know my dynamic and I know them. My parents can talk now and nobody else in the world understand them. But I understand them. So if my mother said, come water, that means come bring me some water. A lot of people will say, what? What she I say? Because they don't understand her dynamic. I do. Right. So it's just it's it's just it's something it's experience and i believe it set me up for where i am today it wasn't just my parents because my parents had friends Mm -hmm. so we have to talk about anthony and the other anthony holy anthony's my father is anthony too, and then we have we have um Leslie and her friends, Yvette and my mother and her friends and mm-hmm. all of those deaf people, they were all a part of me. It was a community. So Anthony, my father's friend who is from Spanish Town, will tell you when I was a baby, take out the car and put me down from the seat you know, and wrap me up and put me down from the seat and take in time and drive me from the road. Them time the deaf people, they weren't allowed to have license, <laughs> you know? But pick up Anthony and Yes, and so it's little things like that that position me to where I am today. Yeah. Um, just the thought of going to all those beach trips, um, all those deaf club moments at Calabar because the Calabar High School used to have a space where every Saturday deaf people could meet. So football games, dominoes, right? That that kind of dwindled out. There's no space now. If there was a space, trust me, you wouldn't see them at Bus Park they would all go there and meet. Because remember, you know. And it's funny, Papine I don't even days. mean to cut you. It's funny that you say the bus part because I
0: attended Campion College. And so mm-hmm. I, and I took the bus, I took the, the public transport. And so you know that the school for the deaf is right up in Papine. And so I'd always put right. them on the bus. We take the bus every single day. They'd be in their green uniforms. And I want to tell you, there was a moment on a bus where some of the boys from the all boys school, Jamaica College, because you know, we're all on the same strip they were troubling some of the deaf girls in the bus. And I could tell, as you were rightfully saying, there's the expressive part, I could tell the girls were frustrated and they just did not like being bothered, which I guess comes apart of the territory when people observe you or believe that because you have a a disability, they think that they can take advantage of you. And I remember taking on these boys in the bus because Amit's a village lawyer. From the Dame of bond. And I remember yes. them, them on and I was like, listen, if you trouble them again, you're going to have a problem with me. And I remember them looking at me and saying thank you, which I now understand to be thank you. At the time, I did not know what it was, but it was always right. the park in front of Burger King and certain places is where they would, they would gather. And I would watch them. Right. Like, oh. Right. Right. So, so let me ask you this. As you are growing, you're realizing that you're very, very different. And we've always heard of, um, you know, youngsters, boys and girls, they all go through it where they're trying to figure out themselves. They're trying to fit in. They're trying to find a space that you belong. Was there ever a time when, you know, just being young and inexperienced, you kind of said, "But this is not what I want. Like, why couldn't I just be normal in quotation marks? Did you ever feel that way going from prep school or even high school and did you ever experience people being mean about the fact that your parents
1: are deaf? Well, funnily, um, I've always been, uh, my grandmother, she she always said I have a gift from when I was a child where people would just gravitate to me. So, even though my parents were deaf, I never had anybody bullying me. I'd more have people ask questions like, yo, so, Oh it go. So you're lucky. You know curse bad word. And you know, that was the that that you know, you know curse bad word. Hey, I wish my parents were they they couldn't hear because if they couldn't hear, you know, the things I would say when they turned their back. I'd be like, really? <laughs> but you know, um that that was the kinda uh, I never really had I would say adults mm-hmm. are were mean more than children when I was growing up, which was 80s, early 90s. Really? So adults, they, right, adults tended to be, you know, because immaculate, I mean, they're not going to be mean. And when I went to a prep school, I did maybe if I went to a primary must, school, my right. city would have been different. But my father ensured, well, he wanted me to go to a prep school. So he ensured that um, that happened. Right. And so i really never had the bullying from kids but i remember adults bullying my parents wow. so for example yeah give me some examples. Um, me about that so for example we would go to the supermarket or something and um somebody would come up and them do the, they move the hand and yeah mocking hand. almost it's like a mo- yeah a mocking or they said, dummy, watch you dummy? And I'm like, kiki, 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 like, it's funny. And I used to, as a child, I remember several times turning around and saying to adults, hey, um, it's not dumb. First of all, it's deaf. My father is not stupid. He just can't hear you. He's an accountant, by the way. We used to do it. We used to it in a people face. Because the people who do that are not necessarily the people who, you know... It, You you, you know, it's people who don't understand that, okay, yeah, this is a different person, I don't necessarily have to do that, I might not understand them, but I don't have to go in the face and go blah, blah, blah and move my hands up and down. And so I used to tell people as a child, listen, my father is an accountant, don't take him simple, he does numbers, you know,
0: that's not easy. And that's interesting, because, as you're <laughs> rightfully saying, as a kid, you're doing a lot, even in terms of this whole social space where you kind of have to know, make people aware, you were doing a lot as a as a as a child, like for sure. so you, I mean, you you get to and it's interesting because now we go to supermarkets, and I tend to support the supermarkets that hire the deaf community the deaf people and even today right. I went to Loshusan. And of course, mm-hmm. um, a deaf guy walks up, he, you know, he comes up to me and I sign, how are you? His eyes light up, he, he, his eyes light up. And I was like, and then I said, good morning. I signed, good morning. And of course, he now starts to sign at 3 million miles per hour and I'm like, whoa, whoa wait. I said, I'm learning. And he takes mm-hmm. his time and he's now trying to ask me, um, do I have a bag, do I need a box? And when he walked into my car, I signed to him, have a good day. And he took up his, his, um, ID and he put it in my face. Like you see, that's my name. Don't you ever forget it. And I said, I will, I will be back. It is so nice when we have respect, just mutual respect and understanding that Mm -hmm. people are people. And at the end of the day, we're humans and all they do is they communicate differently. Like that's
1: exactly. And they're the nicest people ever. Right. And you know why that is, Terry? Because the deaf community, we live in an individualistic society now. But the deaf community still remains collectivist. So they still have a, a love and a bond that is is undeniable. And it's not just Jamaica. It's right across the world. So I'm a coder. And I get to benefit from that bond and that love. Because if I was and to travel, order, let's say to... Explain coder. Child of... Child of deaf
0: adults.
1: Mm-hmm. So, my three parents are deaf my mom, my stepmom, and my father. So, if I was to travel to, for example, Nairobi, because I went to Germany already and I met some deaf people, and the signing was different, but we were able to have a conversation. And I told them that I was a coder, and their excitement because my parents were deaf right. and that's 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 the community that i belong to and i love and i and i and i i've said it to dion jackson Miller, and i've said it on other interviews that hey if the world was like the deaf community what a beautiful I'd world believe. it would be it would be a beautiful world when you talk about bad minds I don't I, I never experienced that until hearing world. I call it the hearing world. Wow. So when we talk about bad mind, you see when I got my, my car, my, my first car, after working for so long, deaf people see me taking the bus and walking, and my mother helped me to get a car yeah. and I got a car. And every single deaf person <laughs> in the community of a car is bad all over Jamaica. <laughs> and I'm like and then hearing people are like, "Oh, is that your bike? You couldn't buy a new car." Wow. I'm like, "Look at the, the difference. difference!" Them never care that it was a secondhand car. Them just happy say, "Boy, she not take bus again." Happy Moore. Tony. <laughs> right? Are you know because too? you know they were all yes it's true they were always concerned about my safety so that was a big thing for the deaf community
0: and you know what i just want to apologize on behalf of the hearing community and you know when you talk about your car i remember when my mother was so excited she came home when i was in i was still in prep school and she was like yo she bought a new car and i was like oh my gosh i'm so happy because as i tell you i grew up taking bus and I remember yes. she she came to the she came to the house with a, a VW. Like, we're talking about bug, not Beetle. We're talking about the bug. And I was like, the oh my me. God, this is so cool. It was a stick shift. And I'm like, I can't wait to go to school the next day. Brethren, we go to school the next day. And I'm like, no, <laughs> my mother bought a new car. And everybody I was like, come look, because you know, as a kid, you you just want to share the news. And I remember right. even then in the 80s. They were like, that's like that's it. And I, I felt, I think for the first time in my life, I knew what shame felt like. Because I was right. but it's a nice car and the color is blue and I kind of like it. And they made me know right then and there, like that is nothing for you to be excited about. And I just remember right. that when you spoke about your
1: your car. Right. So that's something that... I love about the deaf community and I just, you know, I wish, you know, the world was like that because if we were, we'd be so, I don't know, we'd be, it's unfathomable. I don't even know what would happen. So let me (laughs) ask you this, you are now learning for
0: your, like, JSL, right, Jamaica Sign Language. Was it easy? Mm -hmm. Was it hard? Like, was it, like, should we take it for granted that, well, because you are the, you know, you're you're, um, an offspring of deaf parents, that this would come easy to you? Or did you have difficulties like me trying to keep up and understand and sign?
1: Okay, so I'll give you a joke. When I started out, the organization that I started out with, um, they said that, um, hey, boy, you're signing not too well, not... You're not going on too good. No. But, you know, we're going to see how, you know, you can progress. And I remember people saying my vocabulary was bad. So, for example, when a deaf person is signing, they would say that my vocabulary wasn't intelligent enough um, for certain environments. It wasn't formal enough. And I remember a lot of criticisms in the beginning, banging, 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 and Sometimes it would make me feel, boy, this just doesn't make any sense. This just doesn't make any sense. And I even remember my parents saying, um, why why I sign like that when I'm interpreting and when I'm talking? For myself, I sign so beautiful. Why can't I can't do the same? And I'm like, but it's not, you know, I didn't understand until training. Mm. Um, I remember a gentleman came from the U.S. He was the president of the national association of the deaf at that time in the us and he came and he did a training and he said to me wow you sign beautifully but you're not yet at the level where you're able to you know interpret yes.
0: and in and order to be at that level feel. you
1: mm-hmm. right you have to take on people's character emotions all of that his name is dr daniel birch yes i remember him now and he 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 inspired me and i said okay and even for you, even two years after that, it was like, No, you're, you're still, yeah, you're signing better, but your speech, your vocabulary, how you interpret, we don't like it. And it was so negative. And then I was like, You know what? This space is not the space for me to grow because I'm not going to get that push that I need. So then I branched off <laughs> by myself.
0: insane. based on who you are and what
1: you do, this makes no sense, Tony. Mm. Right, a lot of people don't know that. So I just left. That 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 organization didn't want me there anymore, to be frank, and I didn't want to be there anymore, and I left. And for the first four years, I can tell you, I struggled. I I I, had, I have a son, and he came about in that time. His what? name is Joshua. Right.
0: Hi, Joshua. Yeah.
1: yes and so he's 10 now so he came about in that time and just lost my job no money I don't own a house so you know rent I pay bills I pay Bills piling up. Nobody not really hiring an interpreter because this is not the cool gig. This is charity. If me I hire you, me I get a thing. Me I pay what what, I, what you deserve. Right. And right? certainly,
0: there were no social enterprises like we see. Deaf Deaf Can Coffee. Like Def we're can. creating spaces now, but back then it would have been like, what? No, we're not paying for that. That's no. not a real
1: job. That's not a job unless and the only way I could get jobs which, to be frank, was through the same organization who basically said, (laughs) listen. So, after that, um, deaf people were the ones who, they, again, I tell you, they're my rock. Anywhere them go, no, we want Tony. We need Tony to come and sign. (laughs) We want Tony. And I'm like, and they would push and push and push. People like, Mrs. Tasha Widmore from Death Can Coffee, you know, the co-founder nice. co- of Defcan Can Coffee. Even her husband, Blake Widmore, I've known him for a long time. Um, people like um, Andre Witter, people like my father, even daddy. As much as we disagree from time to time, he was like, Mm-mm. even now, anything he's doing, if Tony not doing it or two other interpreters, We're uh, not interested. I'm not. I'm not interested. But hold on, we're
0: not going to get there, we're not going to get there too quickly. i going to go back to Immaculate High School. By the way, we just want to pick up all the, the girls from Immaculate who always sit on in a, them white uniform, on the ground and the uniform never dirty. I don't understand. Yes, the girl is clean. It, it is sorry. <laughs> you get to Immaculate. And I think I heard, and I, you can confirm for me, um, because I actually had the opportunity of speaking at the Immaculate graduation, and for those of you who don't know, Immaculate runs one and two interchangeably with Campion College as the number one school in Jamaica, period. So sometimes it's it's between Campion and Immaculate <laughs> by point four, you know, point two, point eight, like it's ridiculous. Um, and I had the opportunity of of doing of being the keynote speaker maybe about three years ago, and it's a massive graduation so here it is yes. when did you pick up your love for piloting
1: so you know you this is what you want though was it in high school no I I think as a child because I loved to travel so every summer like I travel I was like grandma you know I fly a plane one day grandma said anything you say <laughs> I would yeah grandma I like flying planes and you know I even started studying some of the courses at broad college in the US so I had a in I had a real key interest from I yeah, from when I was a child, from I started traveling to the US back and forth for summer vacations.
0: Nice. And you're going through high school, were you always um not saying that you are extroverted, but were you always a people person or were you kinda of quiet and just, you know, just doing it thing and moving through high school?
1: I would say I, I I'm I was a people person, I would say I wasn't loved by all teachers, but the teachers who loved me, loved me. <laughs> Big of yourself, Mrs. Richards and Mrs. Suki, and um, Nurse Davis, you know, they loved me. But the ones who never loved me, I'm sure they're very proud. I know Miss Pinto loved me. Um, She was a vice principal at the time. But yes. I used to give her problems, but I know she loved me too. So, um, yeah, so pretty much, that was high school you want. <laughs> yeah. That was it. I wanted to be a pilot and pretty much that's it. It was not high school. It was just the traveling back and forth through summertime.
0: Right. So you get to graduation now, massive graduation. And I don't think whenever I got to graduation over the years, I've spoken at so many. I don't think I've ever actually seen interpreters. Neither has there ever been a space created for, oh, I don't know, potentially deaf parents. Or deaf relatives, mm-hmm. you get to your graduation mm-hmm. year. You're gonna cross the stage looking, you know, ready. But your parents are deaf. What? What? What did? How did we? Fa- were they facilitated? Were they accommodated?
1: Actually, I my father um, carried one of his um, religious, um, one of his um, brothers from the Kingdom Hall because my mm-hmm. parents are Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes. Um, to come and sign. And I also did the graduation song I sign, and I did well. I started because I did a speech to the grade coordinator, grade eleven, Mrs. Richards, yeah. and I started. I started that speech with sign, but it's hard to sign and talk because it's two different languages. Right. So my brain is it would go haywire. So I, I have to stop learning. learning. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So. I had to, but I signed the graduation song. So I even have pictures with that. Um, it's kind of funny because I look totally different now. Okay. But I even have pictures of that. You know, signing that. So it's kind of funny to see where I am now, oh. considering I did that so long ago. That was uh, two thousand and four, thereabouts.
0: So you get to. So you're graduating now. What's the next move because remember we take this pilot thing serious so w- what's your next yeah. move coming out of high school?
1: So my um, uncle died, my uncle Warren died, rest in peace Uncle Warren oh, in 2005 Warren. and my aunt decided that she was going to send me away to university and I told her hey I want to study to be a pilot so if you are sending me that's the only thing i got to study or not work whatever sent me um it got too expensive and you know, my family said, Hey, this mm-hmm. work. This naga work. So I tried communications and then sad but not sad story. The reality is because and it's the first time I'm sharing this with anybody, because I am not straight. Yes. Um my aunt stopped paying my school fee. That's oh. point blank, plain it's and simple. Lonely. It's the first time I've ever said it. And I know when she hear it, she's gonna feel bad, but oh <laughs> that my. is right. And I'm I had to come back really home feel, because here it is.
0: You are, you are, you are, you are talented. You clearly can assimilate. You're, you're smart, and this could be the opening. I know, you, This is where rejection becomes amazing because there's a trajectory that was just meant for you that you just never know right. at the time. Nobody can tell you that because it's right. disappointing. You know, how did right. you feel when that happened like what does that have to do with uh, what, what does my orientation have to do with
1: what I am capable of? Well, my family they're very religious but them aside <laughs> when it happened I was it and I spoke on profile about depression and I really never went into it because that's where my depression started. I felt rejected. I said, hey, these are the people who know me from I was zero. (laughs) And if they can basically say, "Mm, don't come near us, don't talk to our kids, don't, um, we don't, nobody kept in contact anymore except my Uncle Dermot. My Uncle Dermot, big up yourself Uncle Dermot. Uncle Dermot always know because he was the one who, when I was going to college in Florida, I have to share this. We were driving and he said, you know, I have a lot of gay friends, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that was his way of saying everything cool. I love you. Right.
1: I'm good. Right. And he said, and I'm nice. So nobody worry. And I'm like, uncle, what are you talking about? i just telling you. I don't know. Nothing. So I I remember and um, the rejection was real because... Again, family is important. Yes. And that's what we learn, you know, family is important. And even though my mom, she never my mom never cared, to be honest. Mm-hmm. She just said uh, it was it is what it is. But my dad, because he's a Jehovah's Witness, he took it hard. It took him a long time and he take it hard but we we have a better relationship now did you you ever want to change did
0: you ever feel um to change like i have a lot of very close friends who are and they all said that they went through when they got that rejection from family and they said even some of the persons who were their best friends who they thought would have had their backs they they lost everyone and they said that there was a point in time where they they tried they tried to do what was right and i'm saying that in quotation marks and they said it just it just never worked Or did you just say honestly me and I love me and
1: we're just gonna do this? Honestly, I didn't. I didn't try because I am not as much as I love people and I try to make people happy, I'm not going to push push my happiness aside for other people because that only gonna make me look old fast and I probably die faster. So amen. (laughs) So that was something it was hard, but I had to deal with it how and do you deal with it? i remember being be broke how, how do you deal with uh, for persons who might
0: be listening or persons who might very well be in your situation because we have a lot of caribbean listeners and we know what the reality is even though we see movements and we see support and we That's see community right. we still have to understand what our countries are like and what our cultures are like if there's anyone who's listening to you who might be at that stage right now you know, is there anything that you went through that you can pu- probably give in terms of advice or tips to them
1: I think the number one tip is to just be yourself I think the more we hide or the more we pretend to be somebody that we're not mm. is the harder it it is going to be for the society to change um, I'm open everybody in Jamaica know and I'm not going to hide I don't have time to hide and i realized no that it gets me right and it gets me a certain level of respect that you know a lot of people when they when they you know they hide or they pretend or they try and fit in it just it just doesn't work because you again are going to be unhappy and then when you are unhappy that is going to show that doesn't hide so Absolutely. you just have to be, you. that's my number one tip. I remember, I have to drop the scene here, Terry. I remember when I started at Parliament, one of the media men, the cameraman, I won't mm-hmm. call his name, mm-hmm. said to me that I mustn't wear pants and shirt and women must wear um dresser. I said, sir, you can't tell me that. I said, sir, you can't tell me that. First of all, the person who hired me knows how I look and knows how I dress. <laughs> and I've been wearing this for years for years years
0: but that's just it and, and I think that is what always happens people impose um, their beliefs
1: on, on other persons in different communities that's that's my tip just be yourself no matter who you are and just just be true. It's it's hard sometimes. I know. I have people DMing me. I have my Instagram DM full. I'm sorry people for not answering. It's not that I don't want to answer. I'm busy and them are gone now. And I can't answer. So if you want to send it back, go ahead. Right. But I have people DMing me about living overseas and wanting to come here. And if it's safe to come here. And they see me going to hotels with my partner. And boy, should they come? And I have people DMing me. Jamaicans. Who, they want to come here, they want to come back home, they want to... They don't know how to navigate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is it safe? Is it safe for me? To, and I mm-hmm. said, listen, all you have to do is to just be yourself and, yeah, you're going to get it. I get it. I still get it. People say some things and I just laugh. I laugh it off. That's what I do. That's how I cope. When I go and a man or a woman stare at me and squinge up them face and wrinkle up them eye, I laugh. I'm sometimes a partner run. I say, hey! Why are you, look, you looking like that? What's wrong
0: with your face? <laughs> she gets excited and she
1: starts, hey, why you smell something?
0: Smell oh something? my, that's hilarious.
1: I, I don't let that bother me because I've been experiencing that since I've been back to Jamaica from about 18, 19. So I just say, hey, you're going to have some people where I go skin up them face and then I go settings. But you know what I do? I that's smile I and I them kill them with, them. And, and it ah, as Jeff always said, that's a personal problem. That's That has not nothing my to problem. do with me.:
0: So you.: right. come home. So, so you come home, so you realize your dreams right now shattered as far as you're concerned. You have to come home, you come back to Jamaica as a graduate, cool, but like I don't know about you. I came back home broke as a st- student, when I went to abroad and I came back. I was broke. Never have no resume, Same. never have no CV, never Same. have no experience. Same. I'm trying to figure out now. So, T, how, what happens? You come back home and what happens? So, I come home
1: and I had uh, my former partner. I, was, I had to shack up, basically. Um, I had to live with my former partner. And I was in depression for months. I remember it being a long time. I can't give you the span, but I couldn't do nothing. And because of that, I was getting fat on, fat on, because I just eating. When I'm sad, I eat. Or when I'm overwhelmed, all of, us, girl. all of us, girl. So, and I have a weight problem, so I'm just eating, 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 and I'm like, oh, my God. And one day, my former partner said, this is the I need to this off, I need to go find a job. And my mom and my former partner and my friend, Patrice Hobbs, she's no longer here, big of herself, Patch. Pat is in, um... Um, she's in America, she's in yes. Haiti, Big Up Yourself, and, they said, listen, yeah, I forgot to something, and them say, why you don't try and sign, why don't apply to the Jamaica Association for the Deaf, and that is where my journey with them started. But, but, but when they suggested that to you,
0: were you like, um, yeah, I could, but that, um, I don't really know, but like, tell me how you felt when they were now telling you, you need to probably pick up signing, like, what do you mean?
1: What's that? Really? Honestly, <laughs> I've been doing this for, I really don't want to be an interpreter. And then Mommy's like, you should because no interpreter in Jamaica and deaf people don't have access and you know how
0: to sign and your parents are deaf. By the way, guys, it was I want just you a... to know that Tony is signing while we are on this on day. I just think it's important for me to tell you that while Tony is speaking to me nobody is seeing this interview this is not live and Tony is actually signing while she is speaking continue
1: they were like you should try go and get the job and my mother she went to Lee's Fifth Avenue because I was broke and my mother she bought me a shirt and a pants (laughs) not something I would particularly wear she said interview you have to dress proper and she got me the clothes and I went to the interview and I was successful um, because they needed an interpreter and Jamaica just doesn't have any <laughs> at that time.
0: Right so you so you move in you're like yeah I get this job but but now we see you everywhere. I mean I look at how COVID-19 has just changed the landscape and all of a sudden you were at because uh, we were accustomed to now seeing you in parliament and we were like yo okay, we have, a, we have an interpreter because there used to be an older interpreter when I was growing up. But then now yes, we realize, yes, and you even, correct, and even your growth, you become so much more comfortable. Like you are literally in your element. And I go, when did you realize like, yeah, man, I'm me. Like this was meant is that for, for me. me? This, was, this was me. This is meant for me. Is that something that was recent or something that, that, that
1: hit you years ago? I think it it hit me when I would say a couple years ago, more than a couple years ago, probably about six, seven years ago, when a deaf person, um, again, Mrs. Widmore, such a good we so we're colleagues, friends, everything. She said to me, You have grown so much. Wow. You are one and when deaf again, I take my praises from the deaf community because they're the ones you serve. They are the ones who I'm serving. They are the ones who are benefiting. Right. So when she said to me, and she's, she consistently says this, every time she see me, because we don't get to see each other often anymore because of all the jobs that I'm doing now. Bloody. And I really miss all uh, chats that keep me motivated. But she always said, Tony, I've been all over, around the world and I can safely say you're one of the best. Talk to me and now. that for me, yes, and that for me, made me realize years ago hey this this was for me no school we never got school enough no school never teach me how to do this no there's no formal training if you really think about it it's all parents friends family colleagues community it's that that's my that's my that's where i started and that's where i continue to grow so then i said no It can't stop here. I have to leave now something that can then take it further when I am gone. So I have to have a school. I have to have something where people can come in and learn how to interpret formally. Because now we are in a place where people are interpreting but it's not necessarily the best. And then deaf people text, Tony, why didn't you come to this event? Or Tony, why didn't you come to this? Quality not good. So I said okay, that's the next thing I need to do now. So I've mastered this goal and I just feel like God said okay, it's now time He's for you to be preparing you to for your next, next season, step, which is to create right, which is to create an environment not only for interpreters but for kids, like your daughter, like my son, I like my friends, it. newborn. born. Yeah, my friends newborn kids love it Them, oh god I love them when them come and hug me hard and say oh hi you did the sign and I say yes and they say oh my god I love you. I, say, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just <laughs> it's just so enriching you know for because you know kids are genuine they And are, so does your son yeah, sign, so, uh, does he sign no unfortunately not well but he signs but not well <laughs> and I can't I t- I feel bad about that because I'm so busy I don't have time to connect I have to Invest in my career, as you know. I work seven days a week sometimes, and when I do get free time, I just want to rest. I don't sure. really want to sign. sign. Let me ask. Right. So back me, to no. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. 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 You go. So back. So back to the 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 fact that I have a vision where primary school kids should be learning sign language. Absolutely. Prep school. It don't matter which school. It could be AISK, and it could be. Saint Richard's Primary. I don't care. That should be something standard right across the board. How can we teach our kids Spanish, French, German, Dutch, all these other languages, and not see the importance of teaching them how to communicate with their own? A, a, deaf a sign language is how a language. Can, exactly, Jamaican sign language, and it is a world that can take you into another world, another sign language. Once you know JSL, the potential to learn. Every other one is so much easier. It's way easier than spoken language. So let me ask you this.
0: COVID hits and everything mm-hmm. is affected. Affected. We now see the Ministry of Health and Wellness. Yeah? All of a sudden, that yes. ministry became the top ministry for obvious reasons. We're talking about press conferences, top of day, bottom of day. We're talking about digital town hall meetings. We have office <laughs> of the prime minister. The prime minister give new brief... Listen... I think every single second there was something new and I realized that you had to be there with everyone. Now, it's always amazing and I get goosebumps because we're prepared for a particular moment. Like I think our skills, we go on building our skills. and Yeah, we're, we're, we're decent and we're comfortable and we're going to do a thing and we're growing going and we're craft and we are say, yeah, man, we can manage this. But then it, it all converges into this one point where you have to now level up. You have to step into your greatness like, no, it's like you have to find another gear where you never even did know that you had. I want you (laughs) to express to me how it felt to now move from parliament. And, you know, occasionally we see you on TV for all of those, you know, big moments, fine. But now you had a, a, a responsibility for an entire community to understand blow by blow What is going on? Talk to me about stepping into that greatness in a different
1: level. Oh, boy. Um, I remember, (laughs) uh, I have to laugh because I remember when I tweeted at the first um, COVID press conference, which was March 10th. I remember when um, the Minister of Health was online on all angles with Deon Jackson Miller, and I was watching and i tweeted tweeting, and I said, Deon, ask him, how come deaf people don't have access and this is a pandemic? you know, this is a national emergency. And I remember her asking, I was, I never continued watching. I just came off because I had something doing. And I remember the messages coming in on Twitter and I'm like, okay, what's happening? What's going on? And instantly, I, right. Instantly, I got a message from the minister of health team about signing for all press conferences. And then and instantly I got a call from press, press secretary up at OPM, hey, can you come up here and sign? And so that burden, okay, so parliament is two days a week. People might feel like it's five days, but it's really just two days. It's Tuesday and Friday. Yes, We will go to three, four days if there are special events like budget, um, you know, sectoral debates, but it's mainly two days. This now required me to be on call 24 prepared 24 seven i couldn't leave i couldn't leave kingston if i decide say i want to go um to Portmore, i was like i can't i just have to stay put that um and that in itself i know is important because reliability is important in anything that yes, you do yes, you yes, have yes. to be reliable so the fact that the press secretary, Naomi Francisco, has said to me "Say hey, you know, we're going to call you any day, any time, any minute. you ready? ready. Um, Stephen Davidson at MoA just like, hey, we're going to call you any time, any minute. The the marketing people who were behind it at the time, they were like, hey, you know, and I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can handle this. And that was I my question. I was going to ask a, you. I was going to ask
0: you that's how you felt yeah. like, Point in time, if you were just like, yo, you know what? Maybe this is this is too much, a bite off too much, you know, more than I can chew.
1: I can chew,
0: right. That's that's that's
1: how I felt. Terry honestly, I say it all the time, and I really believe that this is not just uh not a natural gift, it's spiritual as well. I don't know how to explain it because no matter how tired I am, I could be overwhelmed, I could be mashed down. Once it's my time to shine as in it's my time to work, instantly flash to my head. We have a lot of deaf kids watching depending on your your parents. um, Tashai, Deaf Can Coffee team, all of these people are watching I said Tony. uh." So instantly, it's like I just go into a different realm and I can't explain it. I tell people all the time, other interpreters ask me, how you do it? The fact is, there's is no interpreter in the world for a long time for hours by myself. So No, I'm serious. I don't even think
0: only the interpreters, I think even us as the hearing, we were like, hold on. So she was with OPM, but then we see a different press conference with the Minister of Health. And I'm like, so they drew and I and I hosted a couple of those digital town halls. So I remember you right. moving from one
1: space to the next. Driving. Like, How oh, is Tony doing this by herself? And honestly, I'm telling you straight and upfront, it has to do with God, <laughs> because a lot of people, a lot of interpreters, and a lot of the people to tell me, "Tell me, be careful. We don't want you drop dead. You know, we don't want you drop dead. Please take take your time." But they don't understand. It's like when I go into that space, I'm just a different person, and I. I, when I tap into that, when, when I find out why I'm that way, I'll definitely let you know. But I, I just put it on God. That's Because it's it's unreal. I mean, I, I have a listening problem watching the TV. I have a listening problem listening to people talk, just talk to me randomly. But put me in a space where I have to do my job, I don't have a listening problem. Whoa. That's why I'm going to say it's just under you. That No, I well, I, I, I
0: can say this on behalf of everyone. Even with COVID-19, I looked at the different press conferences that were being held across the world. We're talking about Europe. We're talking about USA, all of the press conferences. And all of them had deaf interpreters. And whenever I look at them, I say, eh-eh, them not ready because if it's not Tony, it don't look like it make any sense. I am being so honest. You know what I mean? So the question now, going back to what you were saying, is how do we formalize this? Where it is, it isn't only just you being relied upon. Because then, if you have different spaces that require an interpreter, and you're just one person, how can we make this sustainable and how can we make this 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 viable? Um, this this viable? And I suppose that's the
1: legacy you want to leave. I have plans. I'm working with some deaf people I kind of put it on hold because of COVID but we had started pre conversations before COVID, still working on it it's just that I have some fine-tuning things to get done after that after the board is established I'm going to have discussions with um, State Minister of Education Robert Morgan and hopefully Minister Fable Williams, I asked him already already mm-hmm. preps him and said so, listen I have a plan for mm-hmm. education and I think once we start there, I'm not just thinking about Jamaica, I'm thinking about the Caribbean. It's no. not a problem in Trinidad. I've watched the other prime ministers and their interpreters, and them need help. <laughs> no, but that's nice because to know that what you're saying I even though I might not know their native side, I know that some of it, right, it's, it's a region. It's not just Jamaica, because... We don't just have deaf people in Jamaica. And I know Jamaica is not the only Caribbean country that is facing this issue. So it should be mm. something spread right across the region. And I think Jamaica is the perfect country to lead it because of what we have here already. So Absolutely. that's basically the legacy I'm looking to leave behind. When you look at where you are
0: now, who you serve and how you serve, have you thanked your aunt? Have you been like, you know what? At the time, I never really liked what you do to me. But, you know, thank you.
1: <laughs> you know, I have never thanked her, but I think I'm going to do it today. <laughs> um, and honestly, I I still have a little nudge. Jev, my aunt's. Everybody said, listen, you need to let it go. You need to let it go. My auntie and herself kind of feel bad. And my family, overall, they feel bad because they see what's happening. They know. <laughs> Everybody I send them and I say, you know, see what's happening, Tony. I remember when the my name came in the paper, one of my cousin's mom, she's she, she took a picture and sent me. I said, I'm so proud of you, girls. Yes. I'm so proud of you. That's um, my uncle's um, former partner's um, you know, she texted me Auntie Shelley and she said, I'm so proud of you, you don't know how hard you work. A long time you had to do this from your little. I'm yes. so proud of you, you know. And so I got that I mean and even before I got the award, my family came around. They came around and they were like, yeah. them not like it, but they have to accept it or do without me. Because that's how I view it. And and that's if what we all accept it, I won't come around. Correct. And that's what I always talk about,
0: you know, when you're so good, people can't ignore you. When you are so good at what you do, you cannot be denied and you cannot be declined. But what is funny about it is that I always tell people on this trajectory, on this journey, that people who say no to us, people who reject us and disappoint us and close doors on us, they have a role to play. Like if them don't play them role, a lot of the times we don't end up finding the the, the 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 destiny that we're supposed to have. So literally, when I see the haters and when you see certain people where just a fight you out, sometimes I say, you know what? Thanks a lot. Like big ups you because because of you, you wouldn't you wouldn't even like know how my life changed because of you. Thanks.
1: You- yeah, that's so true, Terry. A lot of people have told me, yo, this is not going to work. I don't know where you think you're going with this. Sign language is, people do that in church. That's a church thing. Oh, wow. Church thing. No, everybody DMing me, how oh, can I learn how to sign? I would <laughs> like to be an interpreter. I'm like, oh, wow. From one extreme to the other. So, yeah, I, 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 right now, I'm going to use your show and tell everybody, thank you. Jay Prince have a song where I'm say, try harder, it's a it's a reggae song. I love it, and him say when one door close, a lot open, and it's so true. I never and I keep saying it because so I have the award frame now in the house, and time I walk by, I chuckle or I smile because I could never imagine getting such a high honor just from learning sign language at home basically
0: well, well you jumped the gun because that was going to be my next segue my next segue was imagine you know <laughs> into your grave <laughs> right you're just doing it and you're doing it as a servant leader your leadership style is a servant leader it was never about you it was never about you being in the spotlight but you are just so good at what you 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 do that not only did the deaf community recognize you, but the hearing community had to be like, whoa, all of a sudden we were inspired. We wanted to be like you. And as you rightfully said, I did start learning my sign language before with Deaf Can Coffee, but no, I feel like my sign language needs to turn up a little bit more. Yeah, I know. Just because of you. <laughs> and then I remember being one of the persons, I'm a loudmouth, you know this, on Twitter. And I was saying all through covid you know, don't even forget our national award. And a lot of people were like, absolutely. And we were like, how do you do this? You should needs to be nominated. And when I saw the news that you were being honored with a national award, I said, well, mighty God, look at God work. How you feel when you get
1: the news? <laughs> um, well, I know a lot of people up about- at OPM. So when Julie called, she's like, hello, hi. She's like, hi. So I was like, Lord, I calling me for work right now. I'm in crossroads. It's gonna be very hard to reach <laughs> OPM. That's what I'm thinking in my head. I and mean, she's like, hi. So guess what? Um congratulations, you have been afforded the award of Order of Distinction in the Officer Class. Blah 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 blah. And I was just quiet and then she's like on the phone i was like thank you (laughs) and then i chuckled. and honestly gratitude honestly grateful honestly it's not just for me and i'm going to say it again it's for every single deaf person that had had an influence on me for every deaf child Who is watching, who watches the news now, who has access, who would never know what it was like for my parents growing up not having access? It's for every single deaf person in Jamaica because without that community, I wouldn't exist. I, what people aspire to to be today, wouldn't exist. So I just want that to, and I'm going to keep saying it no matter how many interviews I do, no matter how many. Places I go or how many people I talk to without the deaf community, it wouldn't have there is no me. So it wouldn't have happened. Mommy and daddy and my stepmother had to be deaf. I couldn't have had hearing parents. This wouldn't exist if I had hearing parents. I had to go through a child being an advocate. For me, to position me here today. For me to know, okay, yeah, people just don't know. So you just have to tell them. Or I probably would be annoyed. I, I already went through that stage as a child. So as an adult, I would say, so, okay, yeah, public education. People don't really understand. Right. So everything had to happen. It, 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 it's like a line and it starts flat and it yes. starts going up now. Yes. And I'm just leveling up because it felt flat for over a decade I just feel like i'm going up down up down and then it, it really flat and now i level up and now getting the award means so much to me it means a lot I'm, honestly it's the first award i ever get to be frank wow well let <laughs> me tell I mean... you something
0: for your first award that's I... a massive national order of distinction and not just that you know, normally when it comes to national awards, if it's not the the Prime Minister Youth Awards, usually it's older person, people who have served in a particular role for years. I mean, we're talking about decades. When you look at years. these awards, it's not it's not people in their twenties and their their, their early thirties. I tell you that much. To see you win this award as someone who was young and somebody in a very unconventional category, you will inspire so many others to just do what they do
1: very well right and that, that's that's my tip to anybody it, it doesn't have to be sign language it could be art it could be Something as simple as making something out of paper, and it's something that's of value to you that maybe other people say, Hey, that's not of value, but somebody looking at might say, Hey, come here, and then you never know. So, my tip and my thing to people is just do what makes you comfortable, and yes, the rejection, as you always talk about, Terry, is important because if Everything had played out smoothly. I wouldn't have been here today. I probably would have been in the sky. But my auntie had to say, no, she's not paying that school fee. Maybe if I did communications, I would have stayed in the U.S. I don't know. Everything had to happen. Exactly how it happened. I had to hurt. I never talk about the hurt, but I had to hurt. Because hurt builds character. Hmm. Hurt builds character character. And if you don't hurt, you will never understand when somebody's hurting. You will never be able to look on somebody and say, you know, say, that person there, they're going through something. Mm -hmm. And you will never be able to say, oh, I can put myself in their shoes and say, okay, you know, they're going through something. Absolutely. And I had to experience that hurt to just know, say, listen, my family had to reject me. My auntie had to reject me me my father had to reject me all that had to happen for me to go to a place where i'm by myself where i have to say no i have to do this for me and not just for me but for every single child who either they're on the spectrum they're lgbtq or they're a coder i have to do it so that everyone can see that it's okay to be different and you can still succeed it's okay just be yourself that's all
0: absolutely and, if, and and what's funny uh because you just you just said it so eloquently is the fact that you represent for different communities you even even if this is not what you asked and you did not call upon yourself you have actually stepped into the role as an advocate advocate for the lbgt community as well as an advocate for the deaf community and just for persons who um who require you know special needs and and access and because of you i am telling you a lot of us are are more aware of our actions We are aware of our inactions. We are aware of how complicit we are when we do not stop to care or when we do not stop to think about, you know, what this other person might be feeling or experiencing. And you are that agent of change. And I can understand why you would have received that award. But you know which recognition was even sweeter to me for you, even though nothing tops getting, you know, order of distinction, was during... The one of the most recent um, Ministry of Health and Wellness's press briefings. And of course, the minister, Minister Dr. Tufton, was there speaking and you are there signing. You know, and you know, you're very expressive as usual. And all of a sudden, everything is stopping. And we are seeing Tony look very confused because she's just like, what's going on? I'm supposed to be signing. People not saying anything. And then all of a sudden, this girl comes behind the door and surprises you with balloons and while mm-hmm. you are being surprised okay. in the moment on live you are still trying to sign so that the deaf community understands that you are being surprised the minister then tells you tony stop signing and just you know be in the moment and embrace it and you're like yeah no and you can't know <laughs> To sign to me, (laughs) and I mean, I I have the clip, and you guys will get to to definitely get to hear it. But for me, that was probably one of the sweetest moments, and I think I tweeted about it and said that you are just so excellent. You are just so one level above excellence. You are just so excellence is unconditional. That even in the moment that you are recognized, you would still say, first of all, the people who I serve need to know what this move, this, mo- this moment is all about. And I just said, there's nobody like you. In this world, there's no one like you. And I'm grateful that you did not get to do piloting. I am grateful that <laughs> you're not in disguise and that you're actually grounded with me. And I'm asking you this, the Tony, Tony Terp, Tony Akin, who you are today, what would you tell the Tony Turp who was depressed about life and didn't have a vision or any direction of where she was going and where she would be. What would your,
1: what would you say to her? What would you say to her? Wait your turn. Be patient. Life has challenges and struggles, but guess what? as we all learn I, I said it to um, Miss Angela today that a battery has a positive and a negative side mm-hmm. everything that we talk about positive there's always a negative so life has that and if I knew that when many years ago I would probably wouldn't have gotten depressed and I said okay this is shake my battle this is mine, shake it off but, but that's what I would tell myself, wait your turn, Alkaline said perfectly, you know what I'm saying? Ha ha ha, wait your turn, because everybody, <laughs> no it's true, everybody has a purpose. I believe that, I always tell people that. You might think your purpose is what I'm doing, and I might look at you and want to do what you are doing, but that's not necessarily your purpose. So, I would tell my young self, listen, don't worry yourself. Piloting wasn't for you. You have another purpose. We don't know what it is yet, but you have it. And now I know what it is, and I'm grateful for it. And again, big up mommy and daddy, because, and my stepmother, because without them, and the whole community, I just wouldn't be. I just wouldn't be. And I'm grateful. When I say grateful, Terry, I know. I. I I, sometimes I, sometimes I'm walking and I just I just get goosebumps. I don't even know how to explain it because there's no way I could have imagined myself being here today. Mm-hmm. No way. Not from where I'm coming, not my lifestyle, LGBTQ, working and standing beside the government till see people all across the government about me and I have a laugh. I'm like, look how long You're I've been kidding. working with these people. <laughs> yeah, some tweets and some messages they just have been seen, but ha-ha. again, they have to be there. The negative people have to be there, the haters have to be there, positive and negative. They come hand in hand. You just have to know which battles to pick, which battles to fight, and what's for you will always be for you. Nobody can take it away. Nobody, no matter how them try. Trust me, people tried to tell me and try to take away my career by telling people things or um, destroying it's my malign, character. malign your character. And say, oh, no, she, she, she can't do this or, oh, no, she's not capable of. I remember when I started at Parliament, I they told them that I wouldn't be capable to handle the job. They told them that. And I'm pretty sure there's nobody else in Jamaica, Terry, who can do who, Parliament. I'm British I don't
0: feel or... so. In fact, I've always wanted to ask you know, T. have always wanted to ask you, have there ever been, because let me tell you something. I'm a hearing person. I'm an agalai. Sometimes I watch in parliament and sometimes when people use some term and some terminology and some phrases, I meet up on a, but Jesus, why them can't simplify it so that the good, good citizens of Jamaica can understand what they're saying. And then I look at you and you are signing out your life. And I'm like, wait a second here. So Tony not only understands English, she understands politics, and she understands verbosity. And she signs all of that. I want to know while you are interpreting, if you ever hear a word where make you say, geez, some um, people never did learn the word anymore. Eh? Well, let me try. find the word closest to... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that happened all the time, Terry. Let me tell you. Um, it doesn't happen as much anymore now because I'm more exposed. Right. But when I was younger, I remember, again, diaspora. I didn't know what that term meant. I was 19 years old, enough. Yeah. Throw me upon a political stage, signing for the prime minister, the current prime minister, Andrew Wilmestone in Manchester. I will never forget. And he said diaspora. I'm like, what is that? And, I, and I'm like, what is that? At the time, internet never saw savvy one phone, so couldn't pick up a phone and Google, Google. right away, Like what we can do now. So I'm like what? I remember being so perplexed and I finally found out, oh, it just simply means Jamaicans who live overseas. So why couldn't it say that? <laughs> those things. I'm sure most of the people don't understand what you just said, sir. You know? But I realized that terminologies are some is vocabulary. And it helps me now because when sometimes when I'm speaking, I use the same vocabulary that is used in parliament. And sometimes I have to catch myself and come and realize some people don't right. really understand. Right. So I have to say, oh, ooh, sorry. No, what I mean is, Are you, you know, or I say, I simplify it because I know that a lot of Jamaicans really don't understand what is happening in parliament, the verbosity, the whole hipaa, back and forth, the sometimes the lingo that is used, it's difficult and i can tell you i don't face that problem anymore much mm-hmm. anymore
0: mm-hmm.
1: remember parliament has several topics today it can be weather tomorrow it can be um finance it can be, um, documents. It can be right so over the years the first year i'll tell you my first year i had to be when they send me everything, I just got you and say, "Okay, Google word, Google word, Google word, Google word." I used to Google every word, every word. Um, Miss um, Tashana at Parliament, she sends me documents. I used to say, "Okay, they're going to focus on this bill. What is this bill? Open the bill, research, Google words, Google words, Google words, Google words." Till now, honestly, I don't even. Sorry, Tash. I I, I appreciate the email, but I don't even. You you are there,
0: you are there now. But but, but that's what the whole learning process is. And that's why people have to be patient. You don't just get great overnight. You don't just get exceptional overnight. You have to put in the work. You have to put in the work and you have to perfect your craft. If you don't do it, then how can people rely on you to do a good job? You have to put in the work. But I've always wanted to ask you, like, you
1: know, has she ever just made up a word just because, you know, (laughs) I No, honestly, if, honestly, let me tell you what I do. If I don't know the sign or I don't know how to explain the word, I just spell the word. Got you. That makes sense. So I just spell it and say, you go do your research, right? No, I don't know. But again, that doesn't really happen anymore. So, hence why deaf people want me so much now because they know that, okay, for example, Mrs. Widmore, she her her husband mr with my blake would tell her listen tony is good at voicing for you because of the vocabulary that i all right so she will sign probably four signs and an interpreter would have probably said those signs word for word but when i'm watching i'm like oh she really means this and i can then condense that those four signs into one one word that makes her and she is intelligent because she has a master's degree. Yes. Sometimes she even spells the word that she wants me to use if I don't pick up. So that one word then makes that deaf person look like, okay, yeah, deaf people can. And that Correct. is what interpreters need to do and that's they're not yet at that level. Correct. Don't dumb so, them down. When not when
0: we have don't these dumb asagements. them down. And these persons, right. whether they're engineers, whatever whatever role or, or, or type of you don't dumb yeah. them down because then that feeds into what society already thinks, which is if you have a disability or a need, you are incapable of doing. Right. Correct. So let me just ask you this. Where do we find... Okay, and I, and I'm, and I, and I say this because it is exposure and experience. So when I want to go and get my my, my chai latte, I go to Toyota Coffee House. And that is where I go. Hmm. And I've now learned how to order, like, my ham and cheese sandwich. And I know if I want my water, room temperature, if I want it, you know, cold. May i go on, my things. I go on my things. You understand? Go on, Terry. And, <laughs> do my things. But outside of deaf baristas and outside of deaf um, uh, packers at the supermarket, I have to ask. Like, no, I'm hearing you speak about, you know, deaf persons with masters. And I'm like, I've never cross them in these spaces so where do we find them where do we find y'all you know one
1: mrs (laughs) widma this is true this is true true. um we also have we have quite a few um mr Gale, he was the one who started miss Def jamaica he's no longer um in jamaica we have quite a few um that you know have you know and honestly the deaf people who have succeeded are the deaf people who have parents who have supported them right through. Push them right through. Push them right through. So for Tashai, her parents are deaf. Generational deafness. So she had sign language in the home. She never never struggled from, never know no language, go to school, learn a language. She already had that. So she was able to pick up English and you know learn and move on from there and get her master's degree and she's now the executive director of the Caribbean Christian Center for the Deaf. That doesn't... And it's not easy for a deaf person to write English. And I'll tell you why. I, I, I have to drop this in. Most of us in Jamaica know English. English is not our first language. <laughs> Me and Jeff always have this battle. She said it is, but I'm going to say no, it's not. She's, we always quarrel about this, Jeff and I. Right. But it's not. A lot of people in Jamaica rely on their hearing ability correct express themselves correct they don't know the rules of english right so they don't know why is or are but they know it sounds funny so let me change that correct a deaf person can't do that so for a deaf person to learn english they first have to learn their native language which is jamaican sign language and then be able to use that to learn english
0: much respect. So
1: when a deaf person, when, a, when sorry, when deaf people graduate, leave high school, go to university, mm-hmm. remember everything they're doing is in their second language. They're writing papers, learning in their second language. Everything is in their second language, except for when the interpreter is there. When they're doing their assignments, it's their second language, everything. And when they get that degree, big up Claudia Gordon, big up Ryan Gale, oh. big up Mrs. Widmore. It's not easy. I know it's not easy and I can hear. It. So I have to respect them for their hard work and the their tenacity. dedication and their, commi- their commitment to ensure that this is what I want and I'm going to go for it. That's so a big up. And I'm more young Jamaicans going for it. They're going for it because they have examples. That they on now And so say, wait, if Tasha and Ryan and Claudia can do it, I can, I can do it too. Listen, I love my
0: Deaf community. My daughter loves it. I, 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 every time I learn something, I share it with her. So when we go to Deaf Can Coffee, she um, you now signs. And it, it's my desire that we will both go and actually do the, the official classes because I think there's nothing... And I, and I always said the saying, I think it was Nelson Mandela who said it, you know, if you speak in a language that someone understands, then you speak to his head. But if you speak the language that he speaks, you speak to his heart. And I think think communication at the end of the day is one of the most inclusive forms of making people feel valued and acknowledged and recognized, Mm -hmm. you know, as simple as it is. And I hope that even the persons who are listening, even if they have never experienced the Deaf community, that they will be more mindful and more conscientious of their interactions with the Deaf community. So my final question to you, is, because I know you probably Mm -hmm. come off of the road after I interpret all day, you probably don't eat nothing, my my final question to you, (laughs) it's fine (laughs) which I I ask everyone you know, is, everyone who has a chance to sit in the seats is what is your definition of redirection, or what is redirection for you
1: hmm well I can tell you how it makes me feel Mm -hmm. in terms of I started out with rejection Mm -hmm. from the people I loved the most,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, and I was redirected to a path that was very lonely, Mm -hmm. lonely, people never really understood, um, why, why doing the signing thing, you know, so it was lonely, it was a lonely road, um, broke, hungry, all of those things, in it. couldn't pay bills, all of those things in it. And then I'm at a place now where random people <laughs> just come up to me and say, I love you. And so I was rejected, redirected, and I always, not that I crave for love or anything, uh, you know, always had love in the yes. way mommy, daddy, stepmother. But. but the fact that I felt that my family didn't love me because of who I was or who I am who I am I got that rejection but now to see Jamaica who is not a tolerable society mm-hmm. yeah, quote unquote quote, homophobic mm-hmm. quote unquote to see people come around and say boy you know want I love you man you. woman you. child and older people the little babies the little kids I have to say boy read so Terry basically my redirection was God I think it's God's way of showing the world not just me or you or Jamaica but just showing the world that hey difference doesn't mean that you can't succeed mm-hmm. difference doesn't mean that people won't love you mm-hmm. difference doesn't mean that you won't achieve you won't you won't be able to um reach milestones and goals that you have difference doesn't mean that and I think again that rejection god did it didn't have to happen Terry it yeah. had to happen for me to become the person I am today nobody out the road can say nothing to hurt me because of my family's rejection yeah. so no matter what they said it never mattered yes but to be at a place where people just saying, oh i love you i love you and i love what you do and i love what you stand for mm. considering i'm lgbtq is big for me um Faye ellington interviewed me on profile and i remember that interview and i remember saying to myself that day boy when I when I came out on on, on national television and I said to the sister boy, even um Faye, she said to me, Auntie Fay said, Um, you're going to get it, you know. Yeah. We're going to say things. And I said to her, and she said, she asked me over and over, Are you sure this is something that you what want you to want talk to do? about? And I say, Yes. I say, yes, I say yes. And I can tell you when we were talking, you know, the whole of my body you know me no. No come and said, J on peace, peace on- I'm yeah. gonna fire me up pardon. Jesus peace, Prime Minister, I'm gonna use me again. Jesus, peace. And that wasn't the case because guess what? It's not like I was hiding before. I just never said it publicly. And so all of that, rejection had led to every single redirection in my life. My family had to be the way that their God made them stay. so God make them stay so because if they never stay that way, I probably wouldn't end up in this position that I am now. So it had to be that way, isn't it? Isn't and it? And I'm grateful it, for it.
0: Isn't it? It is, and this is, and this is actually it what inspired, is. This is what inspired the podcast because I know how it feels to be rejected and disappointed, and when you're in the moment, yo, you feel like crap. You feel like there is no there's no way up. You feel like you're in a hole and you just can't come out of it. And so you're just going down. You're just going further and further. And even when you're trying to tell yourself positive things and you're trying to keep yourself motivated, it's like, what's the point? Especially when everybody else seems to be doing okay. So you start to ask, well, what's wrong with me? Or what's wrong with me, so? Yes. But
1: then you realize... Everybody got through that. <laughs> but
0: you realize now that sometimes, as you rightfully say, so some things just have to happen the way they happen. When they happen, for you to come out of that hole and to really step into what you are meant to step into. And you know, it is one of those things where I want to tell you, boy, I'm sorry that your journey was a little bit lonely here and there. And you know, I'm sorry, but then I kind of have to catch myself and say, you know, I'm happy that in spite of, and this is what I want the perspective to now be in spite of, look at me now. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to see you get your school. I'm going to see you put in policies and you're going to help with policy making in the different industries and the different portfolios where access to not only because it only takes one community with special needs to get through the door for others to, to come through the door as well. And so I, see, I agree. So I see you as an agent of change who is not just an interpreter, but someone who is going to make policy changes. For an entire community and many other communities that are still feeling the trauma of not being acknowledged in society. And I know if there's anybody who is equipped to handle it, oh boy, oh boy, it's Tony. (laughs) It is Tony Akin. And my darling, I know you've had a lot. And I know that you've had to put off a lot of things because you've been serving the community. And I just want to say, I am grateful. I'm grateful to see your growth. I'm grateful for your time. I'm grateful to see the love that you actually put into your craft. There are people who do things very well, but they don't have the love and the passion and the commitment behind it, even though they do it very well. And that's the secret sauce. That's the differentiator. But when we look at you, you don't have to tell us that you love what you do. We see it. Or as a deaf people, you know, they feel it. We feel it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I see you working and I want to be deaf. Just to experience Mm -hmm. Just to experience <laughs> what you do. And so, <laughs> so I'm telling you, <laughs> what you do is important and I love the fact that you're living your professional and personal life unapologetically. And that is what I hope a lot of our listeners will be able to do. If not today, maybe tomorrow, maybe months down or maybe years from now, but that they'll be able to do what they do unapologetically, free of judgment and free of what other people will say about them there yes. no respect mega continue big up on twitter and for persons who are trying to find you where
1: do they find you um well my twitter and instagram handle are the same it's tony terp T-O-N-I-T-R-P. and you can email me at a-i-k-e-n-t-o-n-i-88 at gmail.com also no email me not giving out any numbers no no please don't please <laughs> because then you're gonna have everybody calling you your book
0: i'm, I'm gonna let you go But when yeah. your book, you book i gonna come up when the book
1: that's something that i'm going to have to work on after my school terry okay okay
0: <laughs> okay don't worry we will be here and we will support everything that you do um you are a national treasure and I'm going to live to see you get more national um, honors, not just here, but but all over the world. And I just I just hope that God will just continue to cover you, and may your your territories just increase. And wherever you go, that there will be the impact that we know you can create anywhere you go. I love you. Gone to bed like cook food. You know this, and I will fight yes. for you. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Terry. <laughs> Love you, too.
0: <laughs> thank you, my darling. Um, or I'm now signing to her. You guys can't see me, but thank you so very much. I appreciate it. And you go get your food, and hopefully the next time I see you, I'll be able to be signing a lot better than I already am. And just to throw out...
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. You're doing better than most Jamaicans, so I, I hope they take a page out of your book. Oh gosh, thank you! I just learned how to say "have a good day" and have a have a good weekend, and I'm feeling
0: I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. <laughs> so, guys, thank you, you so should. much. Thank you so very much for, for catching us. Um, can't wait to see you on the next episode. I was just speaking to Antoinette Akin, but we call her Tony. And to close it out, I just want you to listen to the clip of when Tony was surprised. I enjoyed it, and I hope you'll actually be able to watch the video. So take care, and I'll see you next week. Or, no, not see you, but I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>
2: Before we go, I want to ask for uh, a minute to divert somewhat from the norm, and I want to recognize, and this is a personal recognition now, uh, Antoinette Christina Aiken, this lady who is consistently with us every COVID conversation, consistently with the Jamaican people uh, whenever policymakers speak and otherwise, because guess what, she has been duly and appropriately recognized for her contribution to the disabled community and, in particular, the Deaf community as a a significant communicator uh, for all the messaging that we as policymakers uh, would like all of Jamaica to understand, including the Deaf community. And she has been duly awarded Order of Distinction Officer Class. And Antoinette, Tony, I know you were sad that your grandfather wasn't there to celebrate with you. Well, I'm sure he's watching you now, and we want to say to him how proud we are of you, and we present to you right now a little token of our appreciation and recognition. And we're giving you permission not to give any signaling now, just take the award, <laughs> very well. Uh, you are a landmark in the, in, the, in, the, in the context of Jamaica and all that you have done for the disabled community and the deaf community, I think. I say on their behalf, how much we appreciate you And from the perspective of us here as as a ministry and as policymakers and Jamaicans, we want to say the same. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. And God bless you and continue to work hard and continue to shine and to pursue your dreams and goals. Love always.